London Property, home of Super Prime, where you can find informative, educational and entertaining content covering all aspects of property. Hello and welcome to the London Property Podcast. I'm your host, Farnaz, and today we're in conversation with British Lad, who is running a family business with the third generation of running the successful business of construction and bespoke joinery. Welcome to our podcast. Hi, Farnaz. Very uh, lovely to have you here in our offices today and workshop, so thank you. Pleasure. It's always, it was always nice to talk to people who are... Um, running a family business because I feel the passion uh, that drives a family business makes such a difference to the outcome for the customers. So um, let's start by talking about, it was your grandfather who set up the business. That's correct, yes. And uh, tell us about how it all started with him and, and kind of where, where the talent came from. So my grandfather used to have a workshop in Uganda and obviously when they came here, moved to the um, UK, um, he got into construction. Um, him and my father used to work really close together. And over the years, my father slowly, gradually took over the construction company, grew the company into, you know, a small, medium-sized, successful company within London, had a really good reputation. At that time, it was called Lad Construction. Uh, as soon as, but unfortunately, he passed away sort of 16 years ago and I set up a company called Ethos Construction purely because um, there's a certain way in which we do business. You know, the way we treat our staff, the way we treat our employee, um, the, the couple of people we work with, the subcontractors, the clients. Uh, I think every time we would go to an interview, we'd always start off the interview, our ethos is, and it just felt right that, you know, to choose that name and continue the legacy of what my grandfather and father had taught me throughout the years. And it was not just... What they taught me is also from working with different types of people within the industry, architects, engineers, designers. Uh, so it was fascinating growing up within that environment and learning so much, which has actually enabled me to make the businesses more successful than you know when they had them. So talking about growing up in the business and, and the things that you learned from, from your father and grandfather... So as a child, what, what were the sort of things that you got exposed to and, and, and did? I mean, it must have been really exciting being around construction as a boy. In the younger, in the younger years, it was great because as a child, like, you know, eight, nine years old, going to a building site, you know, wearing a hard hat, um, messing around in the mud, lifting tools was fantastic. And it was actually, without you realising, you actually learn a lot just by being in an environment of, you know, uh, different types of trades you'd see how a bricklayer would level off you know make sure you know the brickwork was level just little things that little details like that which you don't realize at the time but you're actually learning just by being around those kinds of those kind of people and then as you get older it got when you start making friends and when you want to be out with your friends on Saturdays or on the summer holidays but instead you're having to go to work um, you know those sort of sacrifices that you didn't realize were sacrifices actually again helped me be much more successful now because you understand the hard work and the sacrifice that other people have to make and being around that environment just really helped me sort of fine-tune all the details of craftsmanship uh, the business side of running a business so being involved from like top to bottom was just an amazing experience there are there's so many layers involved right in, in what, what you end up with as a result takes a lot of experience to get the layers before it right. So as you say, seeing what the bricklayer does 
will affect what happens with the plaster and will affect what happens with the paint and so on. So, you know, as you said, without realising it, these things were all taken on board. So your 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 business was construction mainly until recently where you've added your own flavour to the to the family business. So tell us about how that all came about. So I've always had a passion for design, you know, being working with uh, designers. And also, like I mentioned before, that my grandfather used to have a workshop in Uganda and he was really passionate about details, craftsmanship. And that, you know, he thought that when he came over to the UK, he was in sort of like, for him, for him, it was in dreamland. Like here in the UK, the craftsmanship is just second to none. And being experienced to that and exposed to that environment, just going around shops and restaurants and other buildings and just seeing the quality that you know people produce here you know it's always been in the forefront the back of my mind that one day I want to do something which is homage to him and at the same time it's a big interest of mine as well being involved with the design side of um, what we do so construction as a construction company is growing I've always had the passion to one day set up St James to not only supplement ethos construction but you know build up its own you know, worth worthiness within its own own right. So, I mean, that's the sort of angle which we're going for in terms of St James, and working with different types of clients, high end, working on really interesting projects. Because uh, I think the team within our workshop and they all like the sort of variety of work that we get now. So, talking about design, so you know, to to, to people who are not involved in construction, obviously you've got you've you've got the infrastructure that goes in. And at what stage does the design step in? And then what is that process that happens? So, you know, how much of that input comes from you? How much of that comes from the client? Is client driven? Tell us, you know, where kind of construction stops and design starts. So we'd like to get involved in terms of the design side for the furniture as soon as possible or potentially when they've got a concept design done. Because, again, coming with the construction background, we can sort of uh, give our advice in terms of this is what we suggest in terms of material in terms of manufacturing in terms of like fixing um, certain pieces of furniture so it works with the fabric of the building so getting involved early doors really does help Um, so you know the design side and us coming involved being part of that design would be our most you know we think the most efficient way to take projects forward and you work with with private clients and you work with multi-unit buildings and i suppose when it comes to to working with individual houses it's it's kind of a lot more hands on and the clients are a lot more involved whereas if you in a multi-unit situation it's a bit more investment driven and everything is a bit more standardized right so um first of all what's the big difference in working between one and the other what would you say are the sort of top differences i think when it's when you're doing a project and it's an end user, they're much more passionate. It's their own home. So they're going to be not as decisive because there's maybe too much choice and maybe so much uncertainty, but then having the right people around them makes such a big difference. So when we worked on projects where they've got an interior designer, there is an architect on board, maybe a cost consultant, when having that whole framework around them supports them moving forward. Whereas with a developer or, you know, where it's much more financially driven. But now what we're actually finding is actually even the developers are now, because they're looking for 
that little added bonus, you know, USP. Uh, they're much more passionate about the actual end results and making sure the finishes are of a certain quality, certain design uh, makes such a big difference. But generally, that is the big difference we find where it's where it's as end user, it's because they're not exposed to that kind of environment. They're a bit more in not indecisive, but um, they just need the right people guiding them. Whereas where the developer, they're in that experience arena. They know what they're doing. They know what the numbers are, and it's all about time as well. That makes such a that's the you know big fundamental difference. So if if an end user comes to you, uh, talk us through the support system that they'll experience here. So where would it start? What's 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 stage stage one? So stage one is basically we talk about the sort of brief. You know what do you want to achieve? Uh, get some inspiration in terms of like what you're trying to achieve in terms of look feel. We'll take them to the workshop, or they can come here. To, I mean to the showroom, or they can come to the workshop. And we do a lot of like um, experimenting with like different types of products, finishes, um, and then sort of take the next step is the design. So we'll, you know, once you've got a concept design, we'll start developing that to make sure it's fit for purpose. It's what the client wants. Um, and, and usually during that process, they might have an interior designer or, you know, it's something that we can also do in-house as well. Um, so either one, we just, we, again, we work very collaboratively. So working together is a big ethos of ethos of ours so working together we'll get to that stage where once we've got a concept design uh, we'll put the manu- we'll do like an actual technical drawing which is for manufacture and then throughout the whole process you know the client will be kept informed so that at no point do they feel as though the project's lost or is it you know what direction are we going we're very focused in that sense and then once we're in the manufacturing in the workshop, we give a time frame in terms of like this is this is going to be four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, depending on what the product product is, and then we take it to to completion. Where we also do our own installations, we have our own installation team. So everything from start to finish is coordinated in house, and it's basically a seamless you know project for the client. So they can go literally from having their house built to being handed the keys over by you, and everything in between you can do in house. Yeah. Or you can collaborate with their preferred designers or interior architects or what have you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for us, working like relationships is a big thing. So working with you know new designers or uh, existing, you know, we can we can pull a whole team together for a client if they wanted to, like architect, interior designer, engineer, a cost consultant. We can put the whole project together for them. Or you know, we're happy to work with um, a design team that the client will put together. It's just you know. And, you know, sometimes people think, oh, if I go down that route, it's going to be a lot more expensive. But actually, if you pay more money, but you get the job done on time, you're actually also saving money. De- definitely. I mean, we've found that, you know, uh, time is, you know, big cost. Um, also having the right advice, you know, if you get the project right from day one, you're not, you know, it's, it's not two steps forward and three steps back. It's always, you know, it's one step forward, one step forward, two steps forward. So it's always moving in the right direction. And having the right team involved and right people professional people who know the industry inside out like especially like an interior designer they would actually ultimately save the client money through their time um because you're not having to source all the materials and also you know with the sort of trade discounts that they would be getting with suppliers and also with us as a contractor we have a full-time buyer helping you know make ensuring that we're always getting the best deals in terms of material product and also the newest materials as well i think technology is constantly changing which is important to client now with sustainability a big um, 
factor which drives um, people's decision making. So we're always on top of those new developments within construction and furniture. And have you noticed, uh, you know, over the since you set up St James's, have you noticed a, a kind of trend towards something? And well, we talked a little bit about the developers now also wanting to have things that are designer. Uh, more more kind of USB-ish, but I suppose, you know, the demand from the end user is that they, they kind of want a lifestyle. They don't just want a home. Yes. So is there anything else that you've noticed that uh, so has changed? So the, yeah, so sustainability is a very important issue for us nowadays. It's driving uh, future trends. Um, so, you know, the clients will ask us where the wood is coming from to ensure it's from a sustainable source. We're using non-chemical paints, um, we reuse a lot of our material. So every, any waste we get, you know, we, we reuse that to make smaller pieces of furniture. So nothing is wasted in this workshop. You know, we're, wherever there's new machinery, we're getting, like we've got, we just invested in new electrical forklift. So it's just things like that. Um, th things like material, like even new materials that we're sort of working with. Uh, like, like I mentioned before, we have a, a buyer who's always looking for the latest trends in material and how we can incorporate that into, uh, new furniture and new interior design sort of joinery. Um, also, as part of our sustainable drive, it's something that is actually part of our ethos as well and is something that we installed on day one when we built our factory is we have a um, wood-burning system. This system essentially creates heat through steam using all the offcuts and sawdust in our workshop. It also helped us reduce our carbon footprint because we don't have to have so many um, skip deliveries of uh, taking away our waste. So it's been useful, been useful in that sense as well. Everybody's experiencing uh, delays in the supply chain. And, um, you know, we all have our ideas about what's causing it. But can you tell us from practical experience that you're having, what's that's been like? And, you know, how quickly are you finding that the, the quotes you give are no longer valid? It's been really, I mean, the last couple of years have been very challenging in terms of just, I mean, first of all, it was getting the, getting the materials. Now it's just increased cost. Uh, for example, we use MDF or a lot and the price of MDF has doubled within six months and it's, it's in a, unheard of in, in our industry. So for us, <coughs> pricing jobs is very difficult. Uh, for clients, it's unfortunately means their budgets become, you know, higher. Um, so it's, it's, but we're finding that throughout the whole supply chain of not just in the furniture side, but also in construction as well, uh, where we're doing concrete frames and, um, you know, price of steel, you know, they're not even holding it for a week, which is crazy. So, you know, we would be price would be working on a project and within, you know, weeks time, the price of steel has gone up. So it's, it's a very challenging, challenging time. And we're hoping within the sort of next six months, things will settle down. Uh, it did settle down, but obviously the war in Ukraine, which is really unfortunate for everybody, um, has had an impact again. But, you know, hopefully a resolution can be found there and, you know, things can settle down again. And what, in your view, is causing all of these uh, uncertainties and, and price changes? It's, um, it's going to be all the factors surrounding like um, shipping costs, um, uncertainty about what is actually going to happen um, uh, Russia and fuel shortages. I think people are very uncertain. They just don't know. So people cannot make any sort of plans in terms of like, this is what we're doing. 
Uh, we're talking to, to some developers who are, you know, they've obviously bought sites maybe 12 months ago on certain budgets of construction, but, you know, those, those prices have now changed. So their end figures have changed. Their financing has been impacted. So there's major things throughout the whole industry, which not just, you know, from construction, construction impacts the furniture and the joinery side. So, yeah, I think it's going to still take a bit of time for things to sort of settle down and see, see what happens in terms of that market. So, I mean, you know, being an expert with experience and, uh, you know, a solid foundation is actually really crucial to try and keep things as stable as possible in this industry. Coming into the construction industry or the design world fresh would be very difficult for somebody at this point in time. And that experience is, is, is really vital. So we are very lean, I was quite a very lean team. So very, very efficient in terms of what we do. So that in terms of like our contracts managers will do lots of different facets, not just contract managing. Our site manager on site will be doing actual site managing, but he'll also get his hands, be hands on as well when we, when we need to be. The guys in the workshop, you know, they can do different facets of joinery. So they can go into high-end finishing, but then they can go on to, you know, if they need to go and sand something or spray something in the workshop, they're willing to do that as well. And that that keeps us very sort of lean during difficult times. And at the same time, we're very proactive. So that's one of our ethos is just to be, you know, think ahead. You know, you can see now we can see that material prices are what's happening with, you know, scarcity of, scarcity of materials, price increases. So just being aware of those things and being, you know, being quite a small, small, tight operation, we can be fluid with the times, which makes us, for us, a really good selling point because, you know, if our client situation changes, we can adapt with them as well. So it, it gives them a bit of comfort to have someone like us on board. Basically, James Interiors is a one-stop shop for a client. So we do everything from initial concept design, working with the designer, to doing the technical designs, pricing, uh, manufacture, and then installation. So that's a, basically for a client, you know, it should be a dream in the sense that from the moment you appoint us or get in contact with us, it's a seamless process from start to finish. And having all of those trades in-house as well and having our own machinery, being in central London, close to where all of our projects are going to be, gives the client a sense of comfort that, you know, they don't have to worry about anything. And that is our, I would say, is our USB. And obviously the proof is in the pudding. You've won some awards for your work. So tell us about those awards and tell us about what's what's next. In 2020, we won an award for the Vittor Jesse desk, which was a crisscross table, which we made with our CNC. Um, that was for the Design at All Awards and for the Yacht and Aviation. And in the 2021, for the Dan desk, we won an award for the furniture range. Uh, so that was a great surprise for us as well so we're really happy with that it's given us a it's given us more exposure it's given us more name within the industry which is what we've been looking to do since we started um and you know in terms of next steps we're looking to build projects we build bigger relationships with interior designers architects uh take the company to a slightly larger size and also maybe launch our own furniture range as well because we've had such good reactions to um, the pieces that we've created, even some of the pieces which we've done as gifts for clients, they've been so well received that, you know, it's given us the confidence to, you know, maybe pursue that avenue moving forward. 
Well, I don't blame you. Winning two awards already for two pieces of furniture would give me a lot of confidence as well. Thank you for talking to us today and sharing your insights and uh, educating some of our listeners in the ins and outs of uh, construction and design. Thank you, Farnaz. It was really uh, lovely having you here today and uh, we hope it was really interesting for people to learn and if anybody wants any more information, then welcome to come contact us. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you're an expert and have a story to, sh- to share and uh, specialise in something that uh, services the super prime London market, please get in touch. Thanks for listening to the London Property Podcast. Head over to londonproperty.co.uk and subscribe to our newsletter to receive latest updates.